Hello, everybody, and welcome to Casual Cognition. We have a great episode for you today. I talked to my friend Tommy, and for a change, we got to talk in the same room, which was very enjoyable for me. Usually, I do these things on a remote type of thing and talk to people across the country and across the world. But this time, I got to talk to Tommy in studio, a.k.a. in the middle of my room. So there is some uh, various sound discrepancies that normally wouldn't be present, so you'll have to forgive me. But it's a fantastic episode. We kick it off with a little bit of nerd talk, and then we get into some generational divide stuff. And then we get into Tommy's profession, which is environmental conservation. And we really delve into the environment, climate change, and um, all sorts of interesting stuff. So stick around. You're going to love it. We love you. Enjoy the episode. I, I enjoy detangling wires as well. It's so satisfying when you get it done and you can just look at that and be like, oh, hell yeah, those health, those headphones look nice now. Yeah, and, and like I said, my giant thumbs are really, they're really bad for this sort of thing. But I've, I've learned to manipulate small things, uh, wires. Uh, you've seen my, my model collection over there, my... <laughs> My shame pile over there. That is really impressive. I've got to say, it is incredibly impressive to see like all of those painted minis, and they're painted so well too. It's they're nice. <laughs> I've spent an inordinate amount of time painting Warhammer miniatures, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I uh, it's don't it's fun. be. It's fun. There's no reason to be. It's like a, just a skill. It's just a good fun skill. It's one of those things where like people think of it as like. Oh, that's a kid thing to get like oh little plastic toys like that, and it's like, believe it or not, this is actually way more difficult than than like a child can handle. <laughs> Usually, like if a kid can do this, they're probably really really talented. Yeah, they're like, like incredibly. There's quick. a lot of rules and math and, and fucking artistic work that goes on. Like at the earliest, most people are gonna get into it as teenagers, and they're really not gonna understand it until. Until, like, their early 20s, probably, at least. Yeah. If they get into it that early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like that's the same thing with, like, with, like, Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Magic. I, yeah. I mean, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! whenever I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> but I, Magic is just, like, big boy stuff. That's, I mean. There's a lot. There's a lot of rules and, like. There's some really funny ones, actually. <laughs> you forget it. Like, you've got to learn how different abilities will stack at specific times during the turn, especially during like combat in particular. Because you'll, um, you'll two people, one personal attack, one personal block, and then you can cast like instant spells on top. And depending on what the spell says, like the specific wording, they'll stack in different ways and execute first in different orders. Mm. And it gets so confusing. Back when I was like 14, 15, me and like my friend group would get into these massive 
ridiculous arguments over these <laughs> tiny rules that would be game changing in how like spells yeah. stacked on top of each other it was the dumbest shit well you know that the, the funny thing about that is that it's actually like takes a lot of like thought to to do that sort of thing and like you know it it's it's i think that that is a a, a thing with the younger generations of like we grew up on these like complicated systems and like technologies and games and everything was just like really cranked up to 11 compared to like you know even even just a few years back even 20 years ago when people were playing with like pac-man and stuff yeah you know even pokemon cards pokemon cards were way way simple compared to Yu-Gi-Oh or uh or god forbid magic the gathering like what's, what's crazy is that magic was the first card game ever was like it that. really yeah it's i didn't been, know that it came out before them before Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon both it was the it was like the og and it's just like grown over time yeah originally it was a lot of like D D nerds who would be into it because mm-hmm. it's made by the same company yeah yeah but now it's like it's just like grown a lot there's a lot of people i've seen like on tinder and just stuff who like put it in their bios they're like yeah Take me to like a magic shop, and it's never like it's never like tricks. That's, it's the that's cards. Actually, yeah, I was about to say that's the funny magic shop. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a magic shop, I'm trying to get a card pack. <laughs> that could be either what one a, though. What a tarot card pack? No, 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 no. No, no we're talking. Uh, we're talking a white, uh, white deck. Yeah, white deck, white green, uh, white green uh, mana deck. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, it's the same thing actually with Warhammer, where Warhammer has been around since like the '80s. Is that also Wizards of the Coast? No, it's Games Workshop. They're their own thing, mm. and they're Games Workshop is an interesting company because they've actually had they've had a lot of ups and downs with the fan base. The fan base is notoriously like hostile towards the, <laughs> towards the, <laughs> the company. It's like we love Warhammer, but we hate your fucking guts. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I think there's some some of that in the Magic community, probably. But because Wizards of the Coast has had their fair share of scandals too, but everybody yeah. still plays it. <laughs> I mean, the the tough thing is that, like, one of the big things is that Games Workshop is, like, notoriously uh, protective of their intellectual property. So, like, they'll sue the shit out of you if you copyright infringe them. Yeah. But it's like, hey, guys, they're they're, kind of competing with, like, Star Wars and Disney. It's like, (laughs) they they should probably be kind of careful. And, you know, they have done some dickish things. But at the same time, it's like, how... I'm surprised that they're still around making even the Wizards of the Coast, like either of those companies. I'm surprised they're still doing so well considering what they produce. Like, yeah, they're like, not producing that many video games. They might partner with other things to make video games, but like for, for the most part, they're producing like tabletop games, and like card cards, games, figurines. plastic models, and figurines. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck are you staying afloat? I'm, they're actually doing pretty good. I mean, it's probably in, on some end, it's because like. They charge so much. I mean, I mean yeah, they're it's expensive as shit. And another thing is, is like the for Magic at least, the card shops are actually I feel like a big way that the company produces revenue because, so sure you can buy individual packs, but what's really expensive is that you get is that there's like a whole little microcosm of like rare cards and what mm-hmm. have you that cost more, and so that means that the players like trading cards in and like get in like to get new uh, cards for their deck to build new decks all that kind of stuff is a huge profit margin because it means they have the stores have to keep ordering packs people buy the packs yeah. get cool cards and then they trade them in for money and get different cool cards and yeah. so it's a whole little micro system there that works surprisingly well yeah and they're also one of the, one thing that people discount 
for both of those as well is that they also have both of them have like huge book divisions that's so yeah. true i actually read tons of warhammer books like their fiction is really cool i enjoy it a lot and I, i've read some D fiction as well and it's really cool too like D D yeah. lore is really well done a lot of times i mean you know when it, it's not always well done but it's it's the in the universes are so fun that if you have a good fiction writer take a hold of it and know the the lore then they can make really cool stories out of it. So there's yeah. a there's there's they're wide ranging in their their view and and it's it's funny to see something like that stand the test of time when so many like video game companies have gone out of business. They go under. <laughs> yeah, like you don't produce a game in in like a year every yeah. year or like every two or three years you're pretty much like gonna fall under yeah. like you or you you're better make devoured by one of the bigger yeah by ea or something EA, like microsoft that. Yeah. comes in and buys you i mean like mojang got bought out by microsoft yeah. right and that's like minecraft which is a huge standalone game but mojang mm -hmm. didn't really produce a whole lot else so they were just like all right yeah, here you go microsoft it, it was originally just a notch i mean yeah it's just, just like yeah and then he turned out to be kind of a weirdo yeah i was about know? to say like it was just like it was like oh yeah no you're not okay you should just get yeah, off the go yeah. jump off the boat and yeah. like, the board basically was just like no you go now you can pay you still because you made the game i guess but like don't public speak <laughs> don't do that thing oh man yeah he's one of those one of those classic examples of an artist where you're like let's uh let's enjoy the art and uh ignore the artist <laughs> yeah let's, let's try really hard because like like let's be honest minecraft is such a stable that there's no way you're gonna be able to convince people to cancel that game no it's an it, it's an amazing game like it he is. did something incredible and also now that it's a been sold then after it started getting big too it's not like he was the only one working on it there were yeah. tons and tons of developers putting their heart and soul into that game for yeah. years it's just unfortunate that he was the face of it for so long. Yeah. But he's not anymore. No. So now it's a whole it's a whole ecosystem in and of itself. <laughs> Absolutely. And like just the fact that like the mod like all so many there's so much like open source to it. Mm -hmm. So many free mods and just like good free mods too. Yeah. I mean yeah. I'm glad Minecraft has stood the test of time. I am too. Minecraft is one of those things. I actually bought that game in alpha mode, like when it was just Same. Notch still working on it by himself, and I, I paid ten dollars for it, and mm -hmm. I've never had to buy it again. Exactly. <laughs> like even when it transferred to Microsoft, they were just mm -hmm. like, "All right, update your account information. You're yep. totally golden." Yep. They gave the grandfathered us in. I thought that was so cool. Like I paid ten bucks, and I've forever been a Minecraft <laughs> consumer. I've been it, always, I've always been able, and I have the same account name from back in high school when i bought it oh yeah same i've changed actually i've changed it once because like my my names have evolved over time like it first started out as like electric waffle um <laughs> and then it turned into lightning pigeon like a year and a half ago uh, but i think now i'm about to change it again to baked burrito <laughs> <laughs> oh man mine's after a poem that i had just heard in in high school and i was I, we were, I was discussing it with a friend of mine who was playing it with me, and it was the, the Ozymandias poem. Oh my god, that's a great poem, though. Yeah. That's a fantastic poem, just, like, about, like, like the withering decay of, like, humans and cities mm -hmm. and life in general. It's, yeah. It's kind of great. I thought it was fitting for Minecraft, especially back then. These days, it, well, I don't know, it's kind of fitting, too, but back then it was, like, 
Oh, you're just in your own world and you're making all this cool stuff and no one's ever going to see it. No one's ever going to see <laughs> no it. No one's ever going to care. It's almost more fitting now in some ways, too, because you see, you can walk around the world and see, like, ruins of ancient civilizations. Yeah. And you're, like, the only existing human. They're all either these weird villagers that, or, like, zombies. Even going into online servers, like, like somebody could go into the online server that I played in for a while and they could stumble across my empty ass village <laughs> and still has all my all my cool stuff around and it's like the the way the uh, most of the online servers work is that you have like reserved land that only you yeah. can build on so nobody else can take it down so they're just like wandering through this empty abandoned village <laughs> it's like it's pretty cool yeah, though it's like this is, somebody spent hours and hours of their time doing this years ago man i mean that it's just it's just so cool to think about that i still remember two things from like my original days of minecraft like very explicitly the first house i ever built mm. and the and the first server i ever really got into and mm. played on well the the house was just like a it was a square cobblestone house with a wood roof that wasn't really roofed it was just a flat yeah, it was roof. Just... <laughs> flat just a box yeah just a box in the sky and on one side water came out and on the like a waterfall and on the other side a lava fall and i thought Look it was how fucking cool this is and i remember this like i'd never seen the zombies in game before and i saw one i was like what the fuck what the fuck yeah. and i just <laughs> i'm a bit of a klutz there you go. <laughs> but I stumbled upon a zombie and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And just sprinted up my waterfall as quickly yeah. as I could and shut the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the first time you get exploded by one of the creepers. When like, you don't know that lights, like, keep creepers away. Yeah, and, like, and you're everything. just, like, wandering through and all of a sudden it's just like, <sighs> you died. And you're like, what? What happened? Did I just step on a mine? <laughs> yeah. It's fun, though. <clears throat> Yeah, that's uh, you know, there's there's so many examples of of stuff like that that are like ubiquitous for a certain time period, and you know, like I've I've seen people make fun of people like Minecraft is like a kids game who are in their thirties or something like that because they were like just before the time that it came out and and just kids were playing it and then it was like a popular kids game. And they never really played it, and they didn't realize, like, oh, this is actually something really interesting and cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like every... <clears throat> it seems like every year or every few years, something cool comes out that the people who aren't really on the upswing don't get involved with. And especially yeah. with, like, social media networks, video games, any kind of technology, like, I can't keep up <clears throat> with shit kind of a good segue into our conversation earlier and going forward with that with like this generation i guess my generation of people is that like it in some ways it feels like the the way that like technology is increasing faster and just i guess sort of this like open mindset that's been building for the last decade and a half or so it feels like a lot of those oh it's it's that's a new generation thing it's kind of going out the window in some ways because there's because i feel like there's a lot and i feel like i would be very open to pretty much anything that Mm. like a new like a new generation like starts getting into millennials are are getting into their 30s and 40s even like yeah millennials are like 1980 
94 or something like, like that. To like 1996. 1996, yeah. And, and it's, it's like, yeah, or I think it might even be 1980. But yeah, I mean, I'm almost 30 and I'm a millennial. Alex's mom is almost, is either almost 40 or 40. And she's in technically in the millennial generation. That's insane. Yeah, that's actually crazy. Yeah, we were making we were making fun of her because of that because she has been shitting on millennials for and a she's while. Like, on, she on is a millennial. Facebook, like oh you're getting god. the wrong generation. <laughs> oh my god, you're in. The, you're, you're one of us. You're one of the generations you're complaining about right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah, it's like we're we're millennials are fucking adults. Yeah, and I feel like millennials are kind of like the trendsetters of this new generation. Like, as much as, like, both sides, like, both Gen Z and boomers on the other end complain, like, Gen Xers and Yers complain yeah. about millennials, like, the millennials set up the game for how, for the, like, open-mindedness that's coming along right now. Like a bridge generation. Yeah. Where, like, we, we, you know, when we were kids, we were doing a lot of things. Like, I know, I know most millennials who have, like, adopted most, like, social trends will tell you that like oh yeah growing up i was saying sh- a lot of shit that i would not say right now like, <laughs> yeah. that was just normal it's not something didn't seem that bad then you know and it's just not like everybody was going around saying the n-word and yeah. stuff it's not like we were in the 40s but you know it, it was just like you know it was it, it was completely okay in not just like it for kids but for people on tv and everything to just like make fun of gay people for example for being gay yeah and it's like like that was just like like oh yeah gay equals bad and it was just like a, a normal thing to like insult people it's it's really i'm really really glad that that has changed a lot i mean like and then not that much time if you yeah. really think about it and i'm also really glad that for the most part i think there's some offs there's some shoot offs in either the that don't follow this but i feel like for the most part most of the millennials i've met have been very accepting of those kinds of yeah. changes like changes to being more like incor- like incorporating people more inclusively into yeah. into the world and not being as like stereotypical and standoffish with like as like older generations have been with like you know not being mean to people and letting them express themselves as they truly are yeah and without that kind of attachment i mean we still have a long way to go on that front definitely definitely still a long way to go and you know i I that's why i think millennials are like the bridge generation because most of us have come along and then there's 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 the social progress Mm -hmm. there's the technological progress where whenever i was a kid we didn't have the internet yeah a little kid and then you know i as i was in high school there was smartphones and i think that's actually one of the big reasons is that that we've come along socially is that we've been able to um communicate and and you know instead of um a gay person or a transgender person being somebody who's you know this ambiguous floating idea, idea exactly. of a person you, you may never know run into a person who's transgender I, or never know if you ran into somebody who's transgender i did not know any gay people until i was in high school and hilariously i did i just didn't know because they were closeted yeah and, and i talked to them years later 
and whenever I was in my 20s and I was like, when did you know? He's like, oh, I always knew. There's just no way I was coming out in that town. Yeah. Because this was like little country town. And he would, there was actually a kid who did come out as gay and he basically had to go to a charter school because he got bullied so bad. Yeah. I mean, that's like, even when I was in high school, like it was kind of the same shit. It was, I mean, like I knew I was bi and there were like, I knew tons of bi people at my school. I was, I mean, all the people I thought were cool were Mm -hmm. also bi as well. Or, like, at least exploratory. Yeah. And, like, you know, it, it just, you couldn't, nobody, and nobody in that kind of circle would come out because it's just, like, if you do, you're just going to get harassed and, like, people are just going to, like, kind of shun you because you're just not, you're going to be like, you're not normal. Yeah. And that, was that in Jacksonville that was or in, Tallahassee? That was in Tallahassee. Okay. Well, that's, see, that's interesting because that, that doesn't surprise me too much because we're in the, the deep south. Yeah. Um, but one thing I noticed was that like, it's a geographical thing as well. Like it was not, it was really bad whenever, whenever I was in this like little country town that was like a poor area Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, very rural. And then I went to Sedona high school and it was the exact opposite. There were multiple, um, gay, gay kids that were out. There was, it was like completely accepting um, there was actually my business teacher is a gay man. Or oh. was a gay man and, and still is, is but, but you know, like was in when yeah. you were there, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. then as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he and um, that's actually the the first time that I ever like um, I stopped saying the uh, the f word because I I said it in front of him and he and I was like I had a lot of respect for him. Hilariously, I I. I that he was really the first gay man that I ever knew. And I, I had, I gained all this respect for him before I even knew he was gay because he's, I, I, I thought that like, Oh, if you're a gay, gay guy, like it's going to be immediately obvious. You're yeah. going to like have a lisp or something. Yeah. You know, you're going like, to like, you're gonna, it's some kind of stereotype that yeah. it's like very, they like, there was like an old saying that like, it's not even really a saying. It's just like something that older people said a lot was just like, man, I, I've heard him say this a lot. They're like, man, I really, I really miss the simplicity of like just knowing when someone was gay and I, I always whenever I hear that I'm just like are you really that thick that you just think you have like you as a very straight like straight person under like know exactly when someone's gay you just have that det- level of detection well, no it's just that if somebody was gay then they were like out and obvious about it and there was not that many people because people were shitheads about it and it turns out you didn't actually know nope. because there's lots of gay people you probably ran into and <laughs> all just the time never knew there's a lot of studies that like out coming out now that the old theory or the old like percentage of like people who like expressed that they were out was like three percent of the population yeah but people are now thinking that like oh yeah it's closer to probably 20 or 25 percent of the population that's at least by at, at least, least that like much somewhere on the on, on the, the spectrum that's like that's the the uh, the other annoying thing is that like there's like a lot of different ways to express one's sexuality and it's like yeah people are constantly looking for this this or that this black and white yeah. thing of like are you this or that and I'm like what what should i label you, <laughs> you yeah know? what should i call you and yeah, this uh, this teacher of mine was completely normal in every way, and that like surprised me because I had never known a gay man. Yeah. And you know, using that word in front of him, it was like hurtful to him, and he gave me this look of like, 
hey. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't use this anymore. I feel really bad now. Yeah, and I mean, that's the way it and, should be. Well, that's all. I think that that's what it takes is like, uh, like for people to get to know somebody more. And it's like, if you, yeah. I think that so many of these people who are still on the wrong side of this, this particular subject have just never really met somebody who's different from the norm that they expect and then like like we were saying before they have this like weird idea that that they've seen characterized on uh, caricatured more on tv or absolutely on some kind of weird shit that they're listening to or reading yeah and if they just met somebody then they would actually be able to you know evolve their opinions like it's not going to be somebody who's um you know berating them like no you need to be this way it's like yeah you know, they, they just need to have a conversation with somebody you just need to know you just need to like know that you're not going to get somebody without talking to them yeah, ever in exactly. any in any situation i mean there was i'll never forget the um the the this comedy show that i had listened to or watched on netflix called um called the net i'm trying to find the um, the person now, uh, Hannah, Hannah Gadsby is the name of the comedian. Um, and she's a, she's a gay comedian from Australia. And one of the anecdotes she, she said in in one of her jokes was, um, was she was sitting in front of the couch one day in like the eighties and there was a, there was a pride parade in, um, in Sydney and she was watching it, and it was a whole big thing, and uh, she knew she was gay at this point. And she was sitting there, and she's like, wait a minute, but but where are all the quiet gays at? And because she's, that's, she's yeah. like, I don't want to go do all of that, like, yeah. party stuff. And I now know that there's tons of people out there like me who don't, yeah. like, aren't in that into that lifestyle of, like, yeah. at all. And it just goes to show that, like, everything has a spectrum and tons of different types of people inside of it. And you can't ever box a whole group any of any size into a specific box yeah and it's it's really important to um to not like try and box people up because what you do when you do that is that you start to expect something out of people and that's where like prejudices are born good or bad like like if you start to think like and this actually i think that this happens on the social left sometimes now where people are like, oh, if you were this particular label group, you should act this way, or you should do, you should want to do these sorts of things, and it's like, no, 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 that's not. Like, people are a lot of different ways. Yeah, like, not... the whole thing is that people are very diverse and aren't going to follow your preconceived notions. Yeah, dynamic and changing too. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's like. So like I'm I'm also non-binary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like like that one is like a, I guess more newly newly open avenue for sort of like people to like be comfortable identifying as that yeah. in public now, um, because it's it like the way I put it is like it's it's not that I didn't. I haven't always known that I was like, I didn't really feel like I was like, I've ever been just like a man. There are masculine qualities that Mm -hmm. I have for sure. And I mean, like bodily wise, I'm a dude, but 
in terms of like how I just like feel and how like how it feels to exist for me, there are a lot of times where I have like where I feel like I'm just like much more like feminine. Mm-hmm. And then there are times where I feel like I'm much more masculine. I don't like the like having to describe myself as one or the other because I feel yeah. like I do like I have both. Maybe that's also an issue with the definition of masculinity, but even if that's the case, I still don't want to identify as that definition. Yeah. Um, but so people get confused sometimes when I say I'm like, when I when I say I'm envy, they think, they think they're like, oh my god, so like you just like are like kind of like a like a skinny white boy who doesn't like to do like who likes to like dress in a specific way, and usually that's not the case. I just like maybe put some more colors on than a lot of dudes that. Like, I know, and I, like, I don't know. But it's just, like, I don't fit into, like, a box of, like, what non-binary is for most people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't always wear makeup. I do sometimes. I don't particularly try to look like a girl most of the time. But That's one that's supposed to be intentionally ambiguous. Because yeah. it's, like, I'm trying to give you a hint without trying to fit into what you're expecting me exactly, to Exactly, but they still have, like, an expectation of, like, exactly. what that's supposed to look like. And I'm just like, nah, that's not. I'm. It's like, no. You could... But, I don't know. I also don't have a whole big issue with, like, people using he and whatnot with me. I prefer they, them, but, like, he doesn't really, it doesn't bug me because I get a lot of people, even people who are very open and accepting of it are just going to refer to he, him Mm -hmm. for the most time, either because they've known me that way for so long or they just forget. It's Well, that's another, like, one of those caricature things where, like, in the same way that gay men were caricatured so long as like you know a guy in assless chaps with like a biker hat on uh, and like dancing and you know it's like that's like the caricature of a gay man like the caricature of that, that's actually even better because at least that's like fun yeah <laughs> like the caricature of, of uh, a lot of like people who are transgender or non-binary a lot of times is like this like like, did you just assume my gender? Like, like people who are really grouchy and yeah. like judgmental and 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 offend, uh, easily offended by it. And I've never seen that. And I'm sure they exist out there, but I feel like it's just another one of those caricatures where it's like, okay, well, this that's like a small, um, obnoxious percentage that most transgender and non-binary people are are don't do at all and probably are kind of embarrassed by. And, you know, uh, really just don't, like, they're, they're much more normal yeah. than you expect. It's I just... feel like I know a lot more, like, old, like, old, like, men and, sh- like, old straight men in particular who are significantly grouchier and easily offended by, like, mm-hmm. misidentifying a quality of theirs as, like, slightly feminine than I know about <laughs> non-binary people who are easily offended about being... You call me gay boy. All right, did you just say you I like to clean... Did... I've never taken a bath in my life. I'm talking I, about bath I, bombs. I only want to smell like dirt and slugs. <laughs> yeah. I don't even use shampoo. Just soap. Shotgun just slugs. Just a bar of soap. I just rub it in my hair. I actually just eat the soap and let it exfoliate <laughs> through my skin. <laughs> I sweat it out. When I go and hunt and ride pigs into the sunset. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, just, that's that's actually really true. Like I, I actually see that's that's one thing that um like I know we're not gonna we're gonna stay away from politics, but like a lot of right wingers are like really sensitive about a lot of stuff like that. Like I've 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 joked with this about with a few people, like, dude, 
gay men are way less obsessed with gay men than you are. Like yeah, somebody who's like really homophobic. It's just like you are. You think about gay men more than any gay man I know. Thinks about other gay <laughs> yeah, people. They're just living like, life. Yeah. They're just being yeah, normal. You are obsessed with gay men. Exactly. Man. It's like come on, just what's going on here? Come on, you're, come on. You you're repressing there's, something. There's maybe something, there's something up there. Go come see a now. therapist, please. Help uh, help yourself. Yeah, it's like, and but it's not. It's it's really. It doesn't really. I feel like it doesn't even have to do with like your political alignment. It's really just about like, it's really just about this like, incredibly toxic view of masculinity that's just kind that's of true. come about where it's like it's like you have to have these really rigid qualities to like set like be a man and act like a man. And I mean, I was definitely brought up in that kind of way, and so I, for a long time I've had a lot of those qualities, and I still do. And so it's just been like a very active process of me trying to like deconstruct that mm-hmm. and be like, no, you know what. I need to cry right now, so like I can cry and do that. I want to do a bath bomb. Yeah, I'm gonna do a bath bomb, and I'm gonna, bath I'm bombs gonna, are great. Oh, they are literally a godsend. I love bath bombs. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just so good. A bath bomb and a glass of shitty rose wine, and I am golden for an evening. Like that is that is an ideal Tommy time. Relax. <laughs> This is Tommy time. I need you to step away. I need you to step away. I'm going to turn the lights off, smoke a bowl. Light a couple of candles, bring the bong in, have have me a glass or something, and I'm going to listen to my finest music, mm-hmm. and I need you to not be here. Either that or I throw on a BuzzFeed Unsolved, and it's a great <laughs> evening. <laughs> a nice podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. I actually... Hank and I have talked about this this masculinity femininity thing a lot, and I agree. We both agree fully that like masculinity is so misunderstood, and especially in America. Like, oh, I, I mean, it, it is in a lot of different societies. Um, America is not the not the worst offender of this sort of thing, but it, it's it's really bad in in our culture. And definitely, it's you getting know, better, but it's starting to get better. And, and, uh, uh, that was actually one of the things I, uh, I recommended to the listeners of like, if you want to express your femininity a little bit, just get in the bath, light some candles, get a bath bomb going. Oh, so nice. Have a drink and then listen to some music, relax. Like that is, that's something like if, and I've had, a, I've, I've said that to, to guys in re, in reality, like friends of mine, and or coworkers, and they, they'll just be like, "You take you, baths." Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I was, well, yeah, I was in I the. Ba- you don't take baths. I was in the bath the other day, and like, like my dad came up because like I'm living in that house right now, and he came up to like tell me something. I was like, I was like, "No, I'm in the bath right now. I'll be down. And I'll, I'll be down in a minute." And he's like, "You're taking a bath right now? Are you a sissy?" And I was like, "Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, I was like, it's fun." Bath. You have a bathtub. Are you insane? Exactly. This is like a glorious modern amenity that anyone of any time period would be like, oh my God. You can, everybody can take a bath when. Why do you want to stand? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my coworkers have something. Yes. Standing. It's, like, it's so. Being a rigid, like being like the traditional rigid masculine male dude is like so boring. It's. It's so boring. You gotta stand a cold shower. Stand cold shower yeah. and hate everything about life. <laughs> yeah. Become a depressed adult. It's like no. Fuck yeah. That. Fuck that. I, fuck that. I'm. All, we're only gonna have enough water to be taking each individual baths for so much longer. <laughs> so I'm gonna enjoy it while I can. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, having a bath bomb and a hot bath in an apartment is is there's a there's a slim time period in human <laughs> in human history before or probably after that you're going to be able to do this. I'm going to so enjoy it while it lasts before the world catches on fire <laughs> more. <laughs> like and then you can go take a bath in the boiling oceans. Exactly. The boiling oceans that are just covered in red tide all the time. And But it's not actually going to be that bad because there aren't going to be any fish left to uh, make the red tide bad. You won't get eaten by any sharks. Yeah. All the sharks will be dead. Yeah. Shark that's, fin soup. Now that's, a, now that's something I wanted to ask you about because you are working in the environmental space right now. Hell yeah. So... Um, you know, I mean, I, this is something that I, I actually am very concerned about and very, like, I've been passionate about it for a long time. And, and it's, it's, it's really hard to, like, get people to care as much as I would expect people to care, even young people. And, you know, young people, when they care, a lot of times it's like these fits of anger and like not or like small time action. Like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to recycle or something like that. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, we kind of need to like vote and um, that's, you know, take certain political action. And it's like a long term thing. And you're going to have to actually do a lot of stuff for a long period of time to really it's going to cost a like, lot of money. Like, there's going to be, like, hardships throughout the way. And, like, yeah. most people aren't interested enough yeah. to, to invest that kind of time and capital. I mean, hell, I'm not even sure if I'm invested enough to do it. Because, like, that's – it's a lot of work. It's and, so much. We'd have to completely overhaul, like, large sections of our society. Oh, yeah. And it's – I mean, the thing is, is it's going to happen. I mean, it has to because it's at any point, no matter what – you want to say about humans we are driven by survival right mm. i mean it's just our biological process how bad does it have to get for change to start really happening and is when that happens is it going to be so bad at that point that it's just going to be like essentially a revolution and yeah. like that's the point that we ha should really be trying to avoid because as much as people love to talk about like yeah revolutions throw overthrow the dude it's like what that comes with is so much death and hurt that I had two professors that, when I was graduating college, that said some very insightful things. Um, one of them was this man named Moses Kansanga from, uh, he's from Ghana. He grew up on like an agricultural farm and it, it, he was, his family and village was never like particularly wealthy. And his, and his thing is, is like, no matter what the case is, stability is better than instability pretty much and like he works hard in the agricultural sector to try and overhaul it but he's like sometimes you just have to accept some shitty things as yeah. reality and work with them to make things better overall in the long run that's his whole mentality he's like revolution is not the it's answer it's not a good idea it's not a good answer because you don't there's you don't know what's going to come after you don't know if you'll survive you need inmates. those same systems to fix shit you don't want to just want to tear apart infrastructure and destroy everything that's gonna that's not gonna fix things sometimes it has to happen and they're gonna be there may come a point where it has to but like we should really be trying hard to avoid that and the other guy sorry was, was, a, was a was this like professor of like historical colonialism and just like the whole history of colonialism and revolutions and stuff so that was what the class was about and he was we were talking and he's like as much as like we like to glorify revolutions he was like i've studied a lot of revolutions and most of them fail 
And most of them take forever to come about because people would rather run to somewhere else and hide somewhere in the mountains than actually fight a revolution because yeah. they're so bloody and people have families and you you never know if you'll make it out on the other side. Yeah. So those two things, it really like... People don't want to die. Surprise. Okay, yeah, shocker, right? <laughs> yeah. Man, I like my legs being attached to my body. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Like you said, it's this fantasy of people like... Like, thinking, like, oh, yes, if a revolution came about, I would die for my country. And then it actually happens, like, all right, go die for your country. And they're like, fuck that. Dude, I'm fuck not going to die. Fuck that. No, kneecaps are nice, yeah, man. I don't want to die for... <laughs> fuck you. Dude. My country is over there. Dude, my country, go, my country's go over there in that nice, nice secluded lake in the hillside over there. Yeah, people, people are so much less heroic than they <laughs> assumed they would be in some fantasy. You know, it's just like, no. Yeah. No, you don't understand what, what like fear chemicals do to your brain it's just like it's easy to be a hero in your imagination yeah exactly but like what are you really going to do when it comes about because like it's like it's not like it's some heroic thing you're you're just putting like you're there's a good chance you just die a gruesome death or starve and like not the move there's actually this lady on the uh, the january 6th thing that i saw it was the funniest video i saw the whole thing where she comes out and she'd gotten pepper sprayed and her and her boyfriend or husband or something were walking out and she's like freaking out about her face and there's mm-hmm. a reporter standing out there and he was like trying to ask her questions and she's just like, yeah, they fucking pepper sprayed me. <laughs> and the, the husband's all pissed. He's like, I can't believe they pepper sprayed her. And he goes, well, what were you doing up there? And she goes, we're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. And then she just like walks away. It's like, like. What'd you expect? Yeah. What are you going to in the Capitol? It's a revolution. You got, yeah. You're lucky you didn't get shot. Yeah. Like, if it had literally been... I've talked about this with a lot of close friends of mine. That Like, if it had been anybody but a bunch of angry white people, they would have been they shot on mass. They gunned down. Yeah. Without yeah. a question. Without a, a question. Then there would have been a memorial day for it some point later on yeah. in history when, that, when the political tension of it settled down at some point. And it's just like, no. Like... If that's not the clearest depiction of, like, what race is like in American society, mm-hmm. then I don't know what is. Yeah, the classic, like, depiction of, like, when the Black Lives Matter protests were in Washington, there was, like, shitloads of National Guardsmen with automatic weapons standing on the, the steps of, like, the Lincoln Memorials. It wasn't even the Capitol. It was some, like, mm-hmm. random like symbolic thing like yeah we're gonna fucking shoot your ass if you get out of hand exactly and then people literally breaking through the windows of the Capitol, and they're just like and the cops are just all like, right all right let's keep like, it let's keep it let's keep it cool everybody per- literally <laughs> yeah. photos with the those like the yeah. rioters like <laughs> the one lady that gets killed is suddenly some kind of martyr for like literally like breaking into like this secure area with a guy holding a gun in front of her being like don't fucking do it i'm gonna shoot you and then the and then the the military comes in the day after yeah and sets up camp in the entire city i mean i i, I was in tallahassee when this riot happened right yeah um I was watching it on TV and I was thinking, I was like, am I going to be able to go back up to my place in DC? <laughs> yeah. Um, I did end up going back, but I remember I went out and I like biked around the city cause mm-hmm. I biked around for work. That's so how just I just like locked the fuck down, locked the fuck down. There were literally just, I mean, I mean, it looked like France after the terrorist attack in, wow. in, um, in Paris. I, cause I was there for that too. Like really? right after that in France. Yeah. I was in France right after the, like first or the first or second terrorist attack hit Paris 
and there were just like armed mil- French pol- French uh, military police with with like famases, like just walking around the streets wow. and like all the tourist spots. And then to see that in DC, not like half a decade later. I was just like, wow, this, I'm getting some major deja vu here. Yeah, and it's not even a fucking, it's not some foreign terrorist attack. It's a fucking, <laughs> yeah, from our own citizens. bunch of dumbass people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. But yeah, the, the revolution thing, I think one thing that people also really don't take into account as far as climate change goes is that the biggest consequences of climate change are going to happen in the poorest regions of the world. And the one of the big revolutions that's going to happen is the poor people are going to just be like, hey, we can't live in this area anymore. We're going to have to go to you. And I mean, like, yep. there's a billion of us. Yeah. You can't stop us. Like, we're going to have to set up shop somewhere. And like, there's going to be massive refugee crises, and you know the, the the U.S. does great with those. Oh yeah, yeah totally. We do real good with refugee crises. You yeah, know? we're yeah. fantastic. And, I mean, we've never had a refugee like a the classic like build the before. wall thing. It's just like if you're. I, I want to smack people who think that it's just like you're going to build a wall and then it, for like of millions and millions of people it is, who are climate refugees. There's just no way. And then at the same time, our country's go, already getting fucked. I mean, Hurricane Ida just happened as we're recording this, not, you know, a few hundred miles away from here yep. in New Orleans. And then it, and, it fucked up the East Coast, too, all the way up. Yeah. And yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. like. That's insanity. Yeah, it like just it, it it caused so much destruction along the entire eastern seaboard, and you know the I'm, I'm I listen to this AM radio station out of New Orleans, and they're still just like talking about like you know emergency procedures, giving people generator advice and stuff. Like the whole city is really fucked up, and it's only going to keep getting worse. I We've know. been seeing these hurricanes all the time. It's literally just a yearly occurrence at this point. There's going to be at least one or two really bad hurricanes yeah. that just fuck everything up wherever it goes. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's from Texas to like the to like Tallahassee pretty much is like that's the hit area. And then it goes or it goes up the regular yeah. eastern seaboard. Or it crosses over the panhandle or not the panhandle, the actual peninsula of Florida and smashes into Miami and Costa Rica yeah, and Cuba true. and all these different like. Like the, the like the this whole south, southeastern area just gets reamed by hurricanes. Yeah, along I mean, the Gulf Coast. What's really scary and what's like what I think is I mean or not what I think but like what is the truest depiction of how bad things are getting is that this most recent tropical storm that just hit the Florida Panhandle, mm-hmm. it appeared out of nowhere it yeah. formed in the gulf so quick and then hit the same day and that's exactly what climate scientists have been talking about for the last like 30 years is that hurricanes they made the prediction they were like hurricanes are going to get a little bit stronger but what's really what's what's going to be really bad is how quickly they become severe like how quickly these things form move and then hit yeah you're not going to get 2 weeks to prepare you're going to get 3 days exactly and that in like with this most recent tropical storm it was like 2 and like if a hurricane say it gets hot enough that like even just a category 2 hurricane can form right off the gulf coast and then smack within 2 days that is devastating yeah because people don't understand how much like preparation that like the infrastructure goes through and the evacuation procedures like that takes days and days to get put into into procedure as well as like 
disaster funds, like various authorizations. Like there's so much shit that has to happen just before the hurricane, let alone after. Yeah, if a Category 2 or a 3 hurricane formed and hit in two days, it would fuck things up so bad. Yeah. People, I, a lot of people would die. I mean, I mean, like, I've just started working in the environmental field, and I'm not working with disaster relief, but I'm working with state governmental agencies, and occasionally the Army Corps, so national too, but the, but it is so obvious how much time the government needs to get rolling on most things they can shorten that time when things are dire pretty pretty substantially to Mm -hmm. like a week to maybe four days Mm -hmm. if it's really like needs to get through but if but that's still not as much time as this last tropical 48 hours that's nuts that is insane for anybody to move that quickly and that's not anything against like the fdep which there are some people there who aren't gonna like who aren't competent at their job but that's any field and, but that 48 hours just isn't enough for any, even if you're like the best, it, like best, it like create, you can like write a permit yeah. and submit it. It's like it. nuclear threat response time. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's that's literally like the highest level possible of people. And you're talking about people who normally don't have like weeks of preparation time. That's like, that's like rock, like when a rock slide erupt, like mm-hmm. happens on a hill and then like FEMA goes in. And those don't even and those don't happen that often. Like not mm. the same way that hurricanes do off the yeah. coast of Florida. Like FEMA will literally need so much buffing in the coming years because we're let's be real, we're not doing enough to slow it. No, not yet, and it's gonna take some time. So like we really have to like start putting money into our mitigation too. Yeah, and being like okay, it's not slowing down. So let's uh make sure that we're ready to like save people's lives when it starts getting real bad yeah it's gonna flood on the east coast it's gonna burn on the west coast and flood on the west coast yeah that's true it's also it'll also flood on the west coast (laughs) ice and fire baby yeah it's just gonna yeah there's gonna be a lot of things and that's like there's that's that's one thing that, that people also don't think about as far as the climate change thing because it's always focused on one thing like whatever is the topic of the day Oh, a hurricane comes through. Oh, hurricanes are going to be so bad. Oh, well, we'll build levees and we'll do this. We'll prepare in this way. Well, there's fires. Oh, well, we'll rake the forests and we'll do better preparation and we'll build buildings better. It's like, no, there's like 30 different things you got to yeah, deal with. And if you want to fund all that stuff, uh, we need like some trillions into mitigation procedures alone. Mitigation, that's not even including like the cost of like starting to like defund the stuff that is creating these issues. Yeah. It's um, it's such a big funding thing. And then, you know, it's it's people people are not ready for the level of work that needs to be done. And I that's what always has always been my gloomy thing about um about you know, the idea that like, oh, well, we still have time. I I think we've run out of time because there's, I just don't, I don't have, I don't, it's, it's, it's I, I don't like to say like, I don't have faith in humanity. Yeah. I don't fa- have faith in the systems that we've created to move fast enough. It's, I, yeah, I mean. I think there's a lot of people out there, billions of people out there who would like to make the change for the better, but the systems that we've created are not they're not capable of handling this level of change this fast no and the thing is is like the the i mean the ipcc the international panel on climate change just released the um just released their 2021 report like two months ago or a month Mm -hmm. and a half ago it was rough oh it was it was the worst language i've ever read in a report i went through like a good portion of that document and i was just like 
Oh, yeah, they're they're yeah. they're scared like they're, gloomy. Yeah, it was <laughs> real. Gloomy. They were like they were like yeah. So um, even if we ceased all uh all production of greenhouse gas emissions, our planet would still warm from what we've done in the last fifty years for the next fifty years. Yeah, and I think it was like one point five degrees Celsius or like one point seven. Yeah, think it, was, it was. Yeah, it was one point seven. I'm pretty sure. And like they're like, that's a guarantee hit. If yeah. We... So like no matter what, even like literally they you use the 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 term if we ceased all greenhouse, greenhouse gas emissions today yeah our planet would warm 1.7 degrees celsius which is like already in like the disaster zone and what we're what we're actually headed for is probably more like three yeah i mean here I'm, i mean i'm gonna do some i'm gonna be i'm gonna do some quick maths really quickly but because i mean because 1.7 degrees Celsius doesn't seem like that much, but yeah. then when you multi- so like when you do the whole equation for it, it's uh... well, what people often don't understand about that is that that's average temperatures across the entire globe, which is why they stopped using the term global warming and started using climate change because the average temperature going up two degrees Celsius it means like a lot of Fair. instability along the entire globe. Well, There's like all this different stuff that changes and it doesn't seem like that much because if you felt a two degree change, a two degree Celsius change, it would be like minor. But as a global average, that's a huge, huge number. Well, let me, the here's a, here's, here, you can think about it this way. So if you want to, for all of you, for all of the American listeners here, for oh, the Fahrenheit yeah. people. Yeah, that's 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Two degrees Celsius yeah, it's, is 35? Yeah, because it's to get, so 1.7, because uh, you have to multiply by 9 fifths to 1.7 and then add 32 because 0 Celsius is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. But I don't, But I, the 2 degrees change doesn't mean a 35 degree difference, does it? It would mean it would yeah the two degrees change in Celsius would be would be so like if it goes from like here let me let me get this going so so say you're at say you're at like fifty degrees Celsius that's really hot mm-hmm. um that's that's one hundred twenty two degrees Fahrenheit and then you go to fifty two okay yeah you're right it's not it changes when you're doing that but like you're changing by five pretty yeah, much you're but, changing by five degrees Fahrenheit which is a lot. Like, well, that, that's the thing is that five degrees Fahrenheit as a global average means that there's places that are going up 20 degrees and there's places that are going down a exactly. lot too. And there's like, like the, the biggest thing about that, that another thing that people don't understand is that the, the temperature averages aren't, aren't as big of a deal on land. Like the way that we see them, we <clears throat> gauge it all on land based temperatures, well, which are bad. And you know, if you're in certain hotter regions or colder regions that are getting these like extreme temperature events but what's really bad is that the temperature changes change the ocean temperatures which changes the jet stream which changes all these things those two things together especially change the entire world weather pattern well there's i mean there's so much that goes on with that so i'd argue the land is actually just as bad as um as the as the ocean and this is the reason uh it's because 
all of our climates are going to shift. And then mm-hmm. because of the way the climates are going to shift, we're going to have more desert. So that means there's going to yeah. be less arable land. Yeah, desertification and, is and, a huge issue for famining. And all of the and all of the agricultural products that we make now in certain regions are going to have to shift north or south. So one, they're going to be farther apart, which mm-hmm. means that the systems that connect all those agricultural imports, exports, and all of that together are going to have to shift and be more complicated, which that's already bad because it's fragile enough as it is. Yeah. And two, there's just going to be less area to farm overall, which means that we're going to be able to produce less food for everybody. Yeah. And then in the oceans, if you change the jet stream, not only does that change weather patterns, but... All types of like um, benthic and like um, and like non benthic organisms use the jet stream to transport their larvae across the yeah. world. Yeah, like the current systems are a huge like the jet stream and the ocean current systems are inexorably, are inexorably tied together. Yeah. So all if those change, then the entire ecology of the ocean changes. Yeah. So like any pelagic, it's pelagic is the word. Any pelagic organism which is an organism that transfers its larvae using like the currents. Mm-hmm. And these are probably like small like microorganisms. Tiny. So this is the basis of the food chain. Well, there're actually actually a very large number of animals of all size in the ocean use are pelagic when they're mm. when they're offspring, when they're really young. So like all types of fish communities would be totally decimated because they'd no longer be transporting their young to these Jet streams that have been pla- been in place for hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Yeah. Suddenly, they're not going to the right places. And, yeah, and, and they can't survive. They're no longer like evolved for the <laughs> environment that yep. they're ending up being born into. And they're so they could go to hotter places, colder places than they can survive. Places that just don't have enough food. And now all of a sudden, you just have all the fish species that we love, care about, eat, like to look at recreationally yeah. gone. Yeah. So you've got the fish, which is a huge food source for humans which just from overfishing and pollutants are already going down yep (laughs) so fish is threatened you've got as you said agriculture is threatened water supplies are threatened weather patterns are threatening just as like natural disaster sorts of things not to mention just sheer temperature things like certain places are going to get too hot or too cold so like it's it's literally threatening like your your very basic survival necessities your, food water shelter your it's, existence is yeah. in threat it is when when people talk about an extinction event they are not over exaggerating because that is what happens when you lose the, those basic necessities yeah. is things can't survive anymore yeah. and when things can't survive you have what happened to the dinosaurs where this where a meteor hit and now all of a sudden the sun is blocked out so the basic stuff for life, the herbivores can't eat, and so therefore the carnivores can't eat, and therefore fungi and plants can't survive because there's nothing to feed on for them. And so 90% of the living things on that planet, except for like the, the like, the little small rodents the, and small rodents like that. that's like the biggest things yeah like small rodents and like microorganisms that can just Some like lay birds. dormant for years and years and years all of that's gone and that is what an extinction event is and that is not something we want to do the last i think it was the the permian extinction was due to an, a, a shift over millions and millions of years to a hotter climate mm-hmm and it decimated 95%, if I remember right, of all 
species on the planet that's one thing that annoys me about people who kind of like take the idea of like oh well, earth just goes through cycles i'm like yeah well this cycle is gonna kill like like three billion people so we should probably be concerned about it we probably shouldn't just be like oh yeah it's just a cycle you know it's just, just a cycle earth gets colder earth gets warmer you know it just happens everything sometimes. dies sometimes and like you know what that's like, totally fine if that's your if that's your view if you think that even if you think that oh well the earth is just going to do this regardless of what we do or or even now the people who are like there's a lot of there's a new camp that's arisen where it's like oh it's too late so we shouldn't even bother with oh, it oh that's a great it's a great great I idea love i love it um but even if you take that view it's like well if if you've accepted that it's going to happen that we should probably be putting massive investment into mitigation measures and potential like like bulwark against what is inevitably going to happen as you're admitting like yeah. no matter w which way you slice it we should be putting a lot of effort towards trying to prepare for this inevitability at this point if it is and if it is inevitable we can hopefully slow it down would be amazing yeah, we, uh, and we can and i think that we can slow it down i think that there's carbon capture technologies that we can work on to further slow it like there's going to be consequences but we can do things about it if we put a lot of investment we into can it. i mean there's there's carbon capture technology but you also have to remember that there is there is a natural process of carbon capture yeah. that we have acted so like on one hand we're creating more carbon correct we're, mm -hmm. we're putting it into the atmosphere in carbon form of carbon dioxide and methane yeah. and other stuff but on the on the other end of it we're also cutting down and dismantling the entire process by which the earth regulates this shit and and we can fix that by doing like intermittent agriculture where yeah. we or interspersed agriculture agroecology essentially where you mix ecological sustainability practices with farming techniques that we know now and you can actually capture capture carbon from the atmosphere and use it to fertilize your plants and just like do it's just like why it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer you get no better products it may take some time to refit that technology and figure out how to do it on mass scale but once you do you're gonna have profits for longer yeah. you're gonna be able to do it sustainably and you're gonna have better quality food so like invest the capital like if yeah. you want the economic drive for it since that's all we can apparently live on right now um yeah. economic reasons to do things you want to make america great and make america sustainable exactly like make america like environmentally financially and you know food and water wise sustainable by investing in renewable energies smart farming technologies desalination you know, protecting our natural resources—it's—it's it's such a no-brainer. And then the other—the other frustrating camp to me is the people who say like, "Oh, well, China's not going to do it, so what's oh the point God. of doing here?" I'm, it's, it's like, oh, wait, how is it our responsibility? And like, yeah. one, I'm not going to get into this because it's a long one, but China's it, closed all their coal plants, actually. So yeah. we're investing in coal sales. So it's like, uh, I mean, people are catching on, like, and it's not just China. And and even if even if it. Even if you say that it's not our responsibility, in some facets, it is our responsibility. Yeah, we're the highest per capita emitters and, by far. And we've been the highest per capita per emitter for the last 200 years, meaning yeah. we've racked up a lot of a lot of brownie points with debt. the CO2. <laughs> we've got some CO2 debt, debt to work off. Exactly. It's like, and then I always think it's totally bullshit that we can be like, we can have produced and gotten all of our success as a country based off of... Yeah. 
emissions and like by literally pumping every fucking drop of liquid crude oil out of the country to the point where we can't even find anymore and we're topping off mountains to try and find more oil like we squeeze the country's oil and then dry and then we turn around and we're like oh can you guys not do that uh, find a better way a more sustainable way to do that it's like it's yeah. like if we're going to if I mean if you're we're going to keep doing that and then have done it in the past for so long and gotten all of our riches and success from that how are we going to turn around while still doing it and tell another country they're not allowed to do that because we don't want them to be as successful doing the same methods after also destabilizing the Middle East to try and get at their oil reserves even more oh, yeah. like America has just been the absolute worst on this and you know the, that's the other thing is that like Taking that attitude gives other countries excuses like, what do you mean? We're actually trying to industrialize. You guys just can't just climb up the ladder and then yank it up yeah, behind exactly. you. Like, like why don't like if, if we're all going to do this together, then it's one thing. But if you guys aren't going to do shit, then why should we do it? Yeah, like, why, like you're going to be become successful, continue to use the same methods and then tell us we can't use the methods you use to become successful. Yeah, like, America no. always wants to be this like this leader of morality and. We're the, we're the champions of democracy and morality around the world. And then we're just like, well, eh, well I, don't know if, I don't know if we should be all that responsible for this sort of thing. You know, yeah. our recycling is like the worst shit in the world. <laughs> yeah, we have <laughs> like, the worst recycling process. Our because emissions are terrible. Our fucking cars. We have so many cars. Our country bad was, emission standards. It was, it was designed specifically to be drivable so that like car companies could like sell more products. Yeah. And, like, so it's not until recently have cities started implementing, like, proper bike and bus lanes. Public transportation. transportation. Yeah, it's, like, whereas it's just, like, well, now we're now on the back end of our fuck-ups. We are, like, now I'm going to invest tons of capital to, like, become, like, a country that started out by being transversible properly. Japan's over here with, like, tons and tons of high-speed rail, and America's, like, railroads? I don't think we can do that for less than... Um, 30 million per mile. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? What are we doing? How are we, how are we? We were laying railroad. We could get fucking John Henry out here and lay some railroad. This <laughs> in the 1870s. How can we not lay railroad for cheaper? It's because, it's because we'd rather pump $650 billion into our military because we have to. Oh God. And, and our R&D development because we're afraid that some other country is going to come up and like take our place yeah so instead of investing in like actually making a good country we just invest in trying to pretend like we're making other countries like us yeah we'll invest a trillion dollars over 10 years into a single fighter jet project and instead uh, instead of uh you know investing in our bridges and roads and then have a big national fight about <laughs> oh how much should we invest in collapsing bridges and roads and public transportation and stuff like we'll fix it no when it falls. more than one point five trillion over ten years yeah. I mean we we've got okay. another fighter jet to do yeah we've got the other one's already outdated <laughs> yeah we need no. another trillion dollars for that I got the new one to, to make it's like it's, it's like a military industrial complex's iPhone yeah exactly I was literally about to say it's like it's like the iPhone of our of our government is it's like we love the shiny new iPhone technology yeah. on our planes. 
Have you seen how dope the new tank is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only five hundred billion over ten years. No big deal. No big deal. It's Just, over ten years. It's Come over on. ten years, and we get two of them. Yeah, we get two of them, and it's gonna be—they're gonna be spectacular. And they've got two barrels apiece. I know. They've got double barrel tanks. One's on it's the like front. Like in Command and Conquer. Guys, guys, we're literally becoming like Call of Duty. It's totally <laughs> worth it. <laughs> this one can call in an airstrike inside the tank, bro. When is the tactical nuke dropping, bro? Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. It's only going to cost $2 trillion over 10 years. It's totally worth it. Well, then we, we'll just be able to have, and, and whenever one of our soldiers gets a 25 civilian kill streak, they can get to call it a fucking airstrike. God. Oh, boy. Oh, fucking hell. And then, just like, but like, again, roads, bridges, we'll wait till the bridges collapse yeah. before we repair them. I mean, why... why if it ain't broke, don't <laughs> fix it, you know? I still see cars driving over it. Forget the spalling and the cracking. It looks fine. I it mean, looks okay as long as you don't pay attention to any details. Put one of those ratchet straps around it. Yeah, no, you should be slap good. it. It'll ride. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's just Maybe pop- ain't going nowhere. It's just, it's like what you do with a computer when it's not working. You just bang on it until it starts again. <laughs> nice yeah, give the bridge a nice kick right in the support beam and you're good. Just fine. Mm-hmm. It'll be just fine. Yeah. Put some. Oh man, there's some cracks in the in the uh, in the support beams. It's all right. Flex seal. Flex seal. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? Boom. It Just stick. It everything sticks. It's completely stays. waterproof. Didn't you see him pull the truck? Pull a massive trailer by just connecting them with flex tape yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need. All you need. We're gonna flex tape this country back together, <laughs> you and I. Make America flex tapeable <laughs> again. Make America waterproof. <laughs> Oh man, that's well, gonna be the next big thing. <laughs> no more rain. <laughs> yeah, no more. I don't think we're gonna need flex seal for that. <laughs> oh no. boy, I'm excited to live in an either flooded or arid climate. It's gonna be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you just join join oh. the casual cognition commune. Oh, that's what I'm gonna tell all of our guests, all of our listeners. You just come. I'm gonna buy myself a piece of property somewhere where I. I can build myself a nice sturdy structure. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna... ride out the apocalypse. That's right. That's my goal. That's my goal. I'm a, I'm a prepper officially. I'll learn how to do some sustainable farming techniques and then boom, we're that's, golden. That's all we need. Unless the entire country becomes southern Arizona and then we're kind of, kind of SOL. But it might happen. It might happen. It's okay though. It might happen. Well, I think that's a good place to stop it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. This has been great. This has been amazing. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you. I'm glad I was here. It's my first time on a podcast, so uh, I thought it was super fun. Yeah, they're a great time. And uh, yeah, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tommy. And uh, we will catch you next time. And uh, we'll have Tommy back on again. So if you liked him, this won't be the last you hear from him. So thanks again for listening. Goodbye, y'all. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Thanks to Tommy for coming on. I hope to have them on many times, so hopefully this won't be the last you hear from them. Thanks again for listening. Check out the show notes for any uh, resources to check us out outside the cast. And we will see you next week.